Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Welcome to the 4th Down Experience Podcast, Episode 9. I'm actually in the presence of Christopher Hughesby. How you doing, man? I'm doing very well, <laughs> actually. And uh, it's exciting that we can record our podcast together. So <laughs> thank you all for listening today. We have an exciting podcast for you all today. Probably we'll get a surprise phone call here in the next 5, 10, 15 minutes. We don't know, but it'll be sometime soon. Right now, we're just going to talk about what just happened, and Chris, how are you feeling right now? I am on cloud nine right now. Vikings just pulled an amazing come-from-behind victory in the final seconds of the game against the Saints. I actually had some doubts. I was really nervous for that those, that last drive, but man, Stefan Diggs immortalized in Vikings history with that, that score. It was such a big game. Uh, the kickers and punters did really well. Uh, Kai Forbath uh, knocked through a 53-yarder, crushed it, and then Lutzy, uh, Will Lutz for the Saints, came back, crushed his 43-yard field goal, and then just an incredible ending. And and uh, you know I've kind of kind of been turning into a little bit of a Saints fan. I think ma- mainly because of Will Lutz, but I've also kind of liked the Vikings for the last few years as well. And and so I know Chris is feeling. Uh, relieved and excited that um, the Vikings have a good chance of of winning the next game and possibly playing at home court for the Super Bowl. Yes, it's it was tough. I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm a big fan of Will Lutz. Obviously, Brian is too. But um, it's it's a little moral pull at the heartstrings, you know, cheering for your home team or cheering for a guy that you you know and and, and like and support. And but uh, at least home team prevailed, and Will Lutz did everything he could. So, hats off for him, too. Definitely. Uh, you know, I don't think there are really many issues with the special teams units other than the block punt, but that was more of a protection issue. Um, but And the other game as well, um, you know, uh, who won the other game, Chris? I forgot. And the Jacksonville That's Jaguars right. Right. with the upset win over the, Pits, or the uh, New England Patriots. No, uh, Steelers, right? Steelers, my yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, Steelers. Incredible. Still an upset. Um Secretly, or not secretly, I should say, was hoping for a Jaguars-Vikings Super Bowl, which would be sweet. Yeah. But uh, I don't care who the Vikings take or get. Uh, as long as the Vikings make it, that's that's all we're looking for right now. So Definitely, I, and I think Lambeau hit a, hit a clutch kick in that game to make it a 10-point game, and they ended up winning by three points. So Lambeau's uh, big-time field goal was nice, and it was in cold weather. Yeah, he's having a nice redemption career after getting cut. He was cut by the the Chargers, right? Or yep. the Rams? Yep. Yeah, Chargers. And speaking of the Chargers, guess who they just signed recently? I don't even know if you know. I don't. They signed Roberto Aguayo. Really? Well, congratulations, Roberto. Yeah, definitely. Now that's exciting for him because you know he's had, you know, he's had some adversity along the way, of course, you know, and had a lot of pressure on him with the getting drafted in the second round and him being now with with the Chargers. 
and getting an opportunity to compete. I think that's exciting for him. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Cool. So um, we're just uh, waiting on a phone call here in the next five ten minutes, like we said, and and uh, we'll we're gonna, we have an exciting guest for you. Um, we'll just kind of wait for his phone call, but let's kind of talk about our camp real quick, uh, Chris. Um, we just had our third national kicking rankings event. Uh, let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, where are we at? Sure. Well, so as you know, Brian and I have been doing camps for six years together. Uh, this was the fifth annual Northern Specialist Camp held in St. Cloud, Minnesota at St. Cloud State University. Uh, uh, great camp and uh, had, had a number of specialists, all different ages, a uh, number of different skill sets. Had some ballers come, had some, uh, had some young uh, new kickers, punters, and snappers come. So it was a great opportunity for us to train people of all skill sets, have the younger, uh, newer kickers, punters, snappers to the game. Also get a chance to learn from the experienced kickers that are you know, seniors and JUCO level. And then we had a phenomenal staff. We had, snap, we had uh, staff guys from, from all over the Minnesota area um, that are all phenomenal for their, for their craft. And it was great, great camp. I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, loved it. Um, it was pretty nice inside the dome. It was like 57 degrees. So, I mean, it was just perfect conditions. Obviously, there's no wind you have to worry about. So, uh, they did a good job. I'm proud of the specialists that came to the camp, as well as the coaches. Calling in. Sam, how you doing? Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Yeah, we got you now. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of still on the train, so uh, might be cutting in and out here. That's cool. You're on a train? You're in train in New York? Yep. That's awesome, Sam. Well, hey, welcome to the fourth down experience. This is Chris Hughesby <laughs> here, so this is my voice. Brian's the other voice here. Gotcha. Yeah, man, appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, Absolutely. So are you, um, you're out in Cali, but now you're out on the East Coast now, huh? Yeah, I was uh, living out this way um, before getting the call to go out there, so um, I'm probably be back here for couple of weeks and then uh, kind of gradually make my way out west and, uh, and then obviously hope to be out there for the off-season program and all, and all that deal. So. Well, that's awesome, Sam. Well, let's just roll right into the, uh, the interview here. We appreciate your time. Yeah. So obviously for you, things have been very exciting. I mean, you got you got brought in right at the end of the season. What was that like? Uh, you know, it was very cool. I think the whole experience um, – from the trial to, you know, the first game to being given the opportunity to play in a playoff game, you know, those guys have played 10 years, 15 years and never end up getting that opportunity. So it's, um, it's certainly a whirlwind, but uh, a very cool experience. Well, that's great. So, so for all of our listeners here, uh, this is Sam Finken. Ficken, Ficken, I apologize. Sam Ficken, there you go. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, no worries. Recent signee with the Los Angeles Rams. He was brought in in the final two weeks of the season, correct? Yep, yep. And then you got a playoff game, right? Yep, got that extra extra game in there. So. Yeah, so, okay, so you had a tryout leading up to this, right? What was it like? Uh, how many guys did they bring in? And, and just what, what was your general feeling overall being at that tryout? Um, yeah, so I got the call. I was actually uh, at work. Um, I was working at a broker's firm uh, in Connecticut. And uh, sitting at my desk, I called for my agent saying they're, uh, you know, looking to bring some guys in. Um, he didn't stipulate, like, how many or who or, or anything in that capacity. But, um, you know, 
generally in the trials that I've been previously, it's, you know, a handful of guys, maybe four, anywhere from like four to seven. Um, right. So I got got on the plane, um, flew out, actually got in a little late. Um, I think I got to the hotel about 2 a.m. or so. Um, wow. And then uh, the trial was pretty much, it's, I think it was like 7.15. So it was a kind of a quick turnaround in the morning. But um, obviously I think just the excitement of, you know, having that opportunity. Um, I wasn't so worried about sleep. Um, so kind of get into the facility, um, realize that they actually have 12 guys coming in, including myself, so 11 wow. others. And um, they ended up splitting us up into two groups. And... Um, I was in the first group, uh, actually went first, and we had about, I think it was about 12 kicks, 12 field goals with, uh, I think, nine of them were live snap and hold, and then uh, three off the sticks, and then uh, three kickoffs. Wow, um, so so you, you, basically, yeah, so was, you basically beat out 12 guys for the job. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. <laughs> um, I, was, I was certainly happy with uh, how I did. And, you know, I think the coach, coaching staff in front office uh, – that we're watching the trial kind of talk the same thing. So yeah, so I mean, for the listeners, Sam Ficken played at Penn State, so I'm, I'm sure you're familiar uh, with the chant "We are." Yeah. Right. Yeah, hey, Sam. Absolutely. Like, you know, I'm, I'm used to like Roll Tide and all that stuff. Like, I've, you know, obviously I hear like "We are." Or, like, is there like any meaning behind that? Uh, I, I'm certain that there is. Um, I think it had something to do with. Uh, Kind of some some civil rights movements potentially. I think there were there were people potentially trying to block Penn State from playing okay, a gotcha. game or some something about that, and we decided we weren't going to play um, right. if you know, certain players weren't allowed to play. Right. And, uh, I think someone made the chant like "We are Penn State" and talking about the inclusive group, not just the guys that they wanted to play. Gotcha. But something, something in that regard, um, I could be a little off in that. Yeah. So you, had, so you had a great career at Penn State, and then um, you were in, in fall camp with the Jags, and then the Chiefs, and, and then you know now uh, you're still with the Rams. Are you still contracted with the Rams? Yeah, I'm, I'm set to become a free agent. I think in March, but um, again, I, I think they, they hold my rights, so they can pretty much do whatever they want. Um, you know, I expect to be back there. I'm going to obviously be in great shape. Um, you know, that's kind of my mentality. And hopefully the, the contract and those details get worked out as we go. But, uh, you know, I think uh, based on how I did and, you know, how the coaches responded to, to what I did, I think uh, I expect to be there through the all season program. That's awesome. So, Sam, this is Chris here. Um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, just watching you, I mean, the Rams are a great up-and-coming team, and hopefully it works yeah. out for you to be with them in the, in the long run. But I think... You definitely set yourself up for success with how you did in the regular season games and the playoff game. What was the difference yeah. in your mentality or just how you approached the game, kicking in the regular season and, and kicking for the playoffs? Uh, you know, I, to be honest with you, a lot of people kind of ask me that question, uh, you know, the reporters out there. But to be honest with you, everything was kind of so new um, that I didn't really feel a big difference from regular season to playoffs just because I had just gotten there right at the end. Uh, so, you know, with that being said, the last regular season game was essentially a way, an away game for me because I had never been in the stadium. I had never seen, you know, 
how the wind affects the ball there. And, um, so I was actually, I thought, a little more comfortable going into the playoff game just based on having kicked in the stadium the previous week, um, having a, you know, a better rapport with the snapper and holder. And, you know, the more time you have with those guys, you know, just the more comfortable you feel throughout the whole process. So, yeah, that, that actually leads me into my next question. What was it like getting used to having a new snapper and holder, and how long did it take you to really feel comfortable? Um, you, you know, I think I, I got very lucky with that. You know, obviously, Johnny Hecker and Quaid are, are very good at what they do, and I think that's kind of noticeable around the league. And, um, you know, to be thrown into a situation where, you know, obviously Greg's having a great great season and you know he's dependent on those guys to do a good job and I think you know when the kicker makes his kicks it's, it's an inclusive group so um, for them to be having as good as year as they have I think it's, it's obviously a lot to do with how special Greg is and, and what he does but also a lot to do with the guys that surround him definitely That's a testament to Johnny and uh, McQuay out there right you know I mean you played in preseason for the, the teams that you were with beforehand, and um, was was there an obvious difference between preseason games to like an actual real like regular season game? Uh, fundamentally, no. But um, you know, I, I think obviously there's, there's an added pressure to regular season games. No one, no one's super upset if you lose a preseason game, but you know, obviously the regular season, especially the playoffs, you know, that's that's a whole different mindset. Um, you know, your expect, expectation level is certainly a lot higher. Um, but as far as, like, the in-game stuff, I, I don't think that changes a whole lot, um, especially you. at my position. So let's, like, let's rewind again. So you were working your your desk job, if you will. Uh, were you in New York? Uh, so I work in Greenwich, Connecticut. Okay. Um, I was living in Stanford and training uh, – there's like a, a great facility in Stanford that I could train at. So I'd pretty much do my, my day job seven to five and, and then go train in the evenings. Um, so, so you, were you basically just trying to keep yourself in shape and staying on call? Cause you just never knew when you were going to get that yeah. call throughout the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just being, um, just you know, being I patient. Thought, I thought based on, you know, how I, how I done uh, with the Jags and then with the chiefs that there's a, you know, pretty legitimate shot of me getting a tryout here or there. And, um, you know, it, it certainly took a little bit longer than I would have liked, but, uh, you know, I ended up with a very good team in a cool position. You know, again, to be able to play in a playoff game, that's a memory I'll have for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, question here. So, between your your preseason games with the, or, or time with the Jags and the Chiefs and then obviously with the Rams, were there any tryouts in between that just, you know, the, the general public typically doesn't hear about? Mini camp with the Saints. Um, that was back in May, and then uh, I had a tryout with the Chargers. Um, it would have been probably like week twelve or so, week thirteen. Um, and again, I think those both went pretty well. It's just you know not the right situation, or they decided to go another way. So yeah. um, you know that's sometimes half the battle too. So. Yeah. So we all know that you know. Kickers and punters, we're all we're all tight knit uh, fraternity. When you were at all these different tryouts, did you sometimes see the same faces at each tryout too? The same guys all trying to make it into the league. Yeah, yeah, I think um, 
you know, as guys that, you know, you kind of work together and train together in all season, and, you know, you want to kick with the best guys out there. So, um, you know, you, you certainly see familiar faces at tryouts, and, and whether it's guys you kick with in training camp or at combines and, um, or whatever it may be, you know, you generally have a good, pretty good idea and sense of, you know, who's going to be at the tryouts, who's available, and, um, you know, you, you got to throw in the experience factor in there, too. So um, it's kind of a, a multitude of things, but, yeah, there's certainly a lot of familiar faces at these tryouts. Gotcha. So, I mean, right now, like you said, you're still contracted with the Rams, uh, potentially going to be a free agent in March. So kind of like what's your game plan for the next four to six months? Um, so I'm actually going to take probably um, from when I left uh, California, probably five weeks of no kicking. Just, you know, I've, I've been kicking pretty much three times a week for three years trying to break in. And, you know, now that I think I've broken in, I don't have to go to these these combines because I have NFL film out there. Um, right. And, you know, with that being said, I'm happy to take a break from kicking and kind of recharge the batteries for a month. Um, obviously, still train and, and maintain all the, the muscles and do some fundamental stuff. But uh, as far as you know, getting involved and popping it through the operates, I'm going to probably take a week break and then get back into it. Yeah, so just got a few more questions and, and uh, let's go. You know, I know you're, you're busy there in New York, but uh, we have a lot of high school kickers that follow us, you know, um, and, and, and listen to, to this podcast. So uh, what would you tell young um, high school kickers, you know, to focus on uh, for their future? Um, yeah, I, I think it's about it's about sticking to a plan. I think you got to have a good plan and a good, and a good process. Um, and again, everyone's process is a little bit different. Um, it's about finding what works for you and, you know, knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses and, and really working on those. Um, the caveats of, you know, game experiences or, uh, you know, practice practice drills that you can do off-season, you know, that, that could potentially help maybe some of your lesser-valued uh, assets as a picker sure. or snapper. You know, it's, it's full circle. So making a plan, understanding your weaknesses and strengths and, and kind of following through with that plan. You know, over time, over time, you know, you're going to develop, you know, good fundamentals and I think you, that's obviously a, a great base to build on. Yeah. So, Sam, so obviously so we're, we're talking to high school kickers right now and right now in this time of the year, in January, it's the college, recruit, the college recruiting process is picking up quite a bit. What was your recruiting process like as a high school athlete? You know, when did you sign? Did you have some options? And how did you make your decision? Because probably wasn't easy, you know, to make your decision. But uh, what was that like for you? Yeah, um, I actually kind of had a unique uh, recruiting process just kind of based on my path to kicking. Um, I didn't kicking until like, pretty much a week before my junior year in high school. Um, we had a rule uh, in place at our high school that you could not play the soccer team and play for the football team because they were the same season sports. Um, yeah. So I had decided to make the transition from soccer to football. Um, I think it was like four days before the first game. And, um, so I got into it late. Um, my junior year wasn't very good. Um, I really had no idea what I was doing. 
took pretty much the whole offseason working with a guy that actually kicked at my high school and then went on to Northern Illinois. And I think he had a couple um, tryouts at NFL places and teams. Um, you know, never broke in, but obviously certainly had a better understanding of, you know, what he was doing than I did at the time. Um, got a lot better in between my junior and senior year and um, was fortunate enough to be on a great team my senior year. Um, and I had a, you know, a couple of big kicks that kind of helped me kind of get my name out there. Um, you know, I, I previously thought that I was trying to go Ivy League. Um, you know, I, I never really thought that I could turn it into a, you know, a big time scholarship, but to be honest with you, it was just kind of a, a way in which I could get to maybe some schools that I didn't have on my own. Right. Um, so I kind of took that. And then, obviously, with the help of, um, you know, a, a great year, uh, some, some bigger names, some bigger name schools started calling in. And um, I actually got offered by Akron, I think, in November of my senior year. Nice. And then, Max uh, school. What's that? It's a nice and Max school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was very excited about it. Obviously, first scholarship is always, always very exciting. Um, and then... Uh, Kind of went through a, a little bit of a lull where it was, you know, was on some radars of big time teams, but you know, no scholarship offers. And um, at that point, I, I was kind of uncertain whether I'd go to Akron or maybe an Ivy League school. And then, uh, luckily, Penn State came in with an offer. Um, I think it was like January fourth, so it was pretty late in uh, the recruiting period. Wow. And, um, I committed on the spot. That was my number one choice. Um, going into it I went out there for a game and loved it and uh, you know at the time that was kind of a, a beacon of stability under the paternal regime and um, you know I loved the finance school out there and some of the lettermen how successful they had been um, after their football career so it was kind of a multitude of things but um, yeah my, my experience was certainly a little little more unique than most right yeah and I, and I see that you're from Indiana um, Sam and, and actually uh, my only offer was Ball State like so so Ball State didn't didn't take any interest in you in your senior year uh, no I actually uh, I didn't hear from any Indiana schools really um, that's crazy and uh, yeah and I think it was more so the, the guys that they had they were pretty happy with I, I think Carson Wakes was at Purdue um, and Mitch Ewald was at Indiana and those are two guys that have had great great big thing so mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it was so much of, of my doing, but you know I think they were pretty satisfied with who they had at the spots. Yeah, for sure. So Sam, um, you know I'm from Minnesota, so I'm a Gophers fan. But uh, you've been obviously playing in the big. You played in the Big Ten. Do you have any favorite stadiums besides your your home stadium that you enjoyed playing in that just had like a crazy atmosphere? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I will certainly say when, when Penn State does have the line out, I, I don't think any any stadium does compare. Uh, however, obviously there are some very good stadiums, I think. Um, personally, outside of Penn State, I would go probably Ohio State, um, followed by Camp Randall, and then probably the Big House in Nebraska are kind of flip-flop back and forth. Um, I think it's more dependent on how that team does. In those years, Nebraska sells out every time. Um, but um, I, 
thought the big house wasn't super loud actually when we, when we were there. Right. Um, in Ohio State, I think it's more of the design of the stadium, more so than the fans. Um, Ohio State's kind of straight up, where Michigan is just kind of huge and spread out. It felt like so. Yeah. Um, so hey, last yeah. last question, Sam. And again, we we appreciate you. I know you're. Just got off on a train and you're in New York, but uh, just wanted one more question to ask you about. Um, just stress the importance to any listeners about uh, rep count and uh, flexibility. Can you, can you repeat that? Sorry. Um, yeah, can you, can you just express the importance of rep count and flexibility? It's our last question. Yeah, um, I think a good way to kind of get yourself in trouble is to overkick. Um, you start to develop bad habits um, and the potential to, to actually get hurt. Um, so between those two, I would I would pretty much in all season. I'd never want to kick too much, but I'd want to make sure that you know I was getting enough kicks that I was de- developing those you know muscle memory fibers and, and all that. So I think any time in the off season you want to stay around like 40, 40 balls. I'll never go over forty balls. Um, and then uh, as season starts to pick up or you're getting closer to the season, maybe maybe push that limit a little bit. Um, and then as far as like flexibility and stretching, I think it goes back to a similar thing. You know, you're, you're limiting your risk of getting hurt and maybe you're limiting yourself on your right to be and, and you're, you know, building those fundamentals that can be used. Well, Sam, hey, we, uh, we appreciate your time. This was awesome. We enjoyed... Uh, Hearing from you, learning about your process, and just so far your your career so far, and you know we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, following you and, and cheering for you now moving forward because we appreciate everything you did and, and being a part of this podcast here. Absolutely, absolutely, guys. Anytime, always uh, more than welcome to uh, see you guys about everything. Yeah, yeah, we'll reach out to you. Hopefully, we'll see you at a camp or something. Maybe you can help some of these high school kids out. Uh, maybe in the spring or summer when you're available. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be thrilled to do that. Awesome. All right, Sam. Be safe, man. Yeah, take care. Take care. Yeah, thank you very much. And that was Sam Ficken. Uh, Again, he was in um, New York getting off a train, and and basically, you know, there was some noise in the background, but we really appreciated that 20-minute interview. What would you think, Chris? I thought it was great. Um, Sam's a great guy. You know, what's nice about his situation is, you see in the NFL, guys getting picked up last minute, and he got picked up with two weeks to spare in the season and uh, did very well and, and obviously had a playoff, playoff experience, so he's setting himself up well for hopefully either returning back with the Rams or his next opportunity because he's got great great game film from it. And you know what you hear a lot from the NFL kickers or the guys that are pursuing it is they just want that opportunity. They need that game film, and you know, and he did very well for the opportunities he's had so far. So... Uh, it's gonna be fun to follow him here now, moving forward. Now that we we've all connected. Yeah, and he um, he went four for five in the three games that he got. That's including the playoff game. And again, if you guys didn't hear hear this, uh, he was flown in and didn't get in uh, to Los Angeles till two a.m. And five hours later, dealing with a three-hour time change, five hours later he woke up and he went. He was the first guy out of six in his particular group uh, to go and perform. And he had X amount of field goals, X amount of kickoffs, and did exceptionally well from what he told us. And then obviously there were another six guys that, that kicked and, 
and he was the one out of 12 that they selected, which is just outstanding. I mean, beating out um, 11 other guys and, you know, getting that job and being the guy to count on going into playoffs, I think is just huge. And we definitely wish <laughs> Sam uh, the best of luck in his future. And, uh, and maybe we'll even have him at a camp, you know, here soon in the off season. Yeah. I am still amazed that his trout had 12 kickers. That obviously shows the importance that the Rams felt leading into the playoffs. They knew they were playoff bound at that time and, and looking for the right guy. And, and Sam was the right guy. So that was, that's incredible. I, I'm still in awe. Yeah. I just like, could you imagine just being in your, your suit and tie, like sitting at your desk, yeah. like in, in the middle of December mm-hmm. and you just get that phone call that you've basically been working so hard for. And next thing you know, you're, you're the next Los Angeles Rams kicker. Yep. Like, you know, it's, it's amazing. So interesting story. When I was a free agent pursuing it, um, working, same scenario, I worked a sales job and the rumors went around that the Vikings were looking to bring in some punters. And I was like, geez, I'm like 30 minutes from their facility. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, man, my, my agent got to get me in, but it didn't work out. You know, I didn't get a chance to try out. They already, they'd already selected their, the three people that they brought in, but it's that same scenario. You know, you, you grind for basically 364 days out of the year for that one tryout. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it's like as a free agent. And, and it's hard. It gets frustrating. You never know when you get that chance. And, you know, Brian got his chance, and we all grinded for our the period of time that we did. And, you know, that's just the life of, of a free agent. Yeah, and then when you have that opportunity, you just got to perform. You, you, it's just like uh, college camps this coming up summer. When you have that opportunity to kick in front of the college coaches, you just have to perform on that day. Some days you're going to have great days. Some days you're going to have mediocre days. And, and hopefully you prepare yourself to perform and, and be successful on that day. So, um, hey, this is, a, this is one of our shorter podcasts, uh, but a very important podcast. We hope you guys uh, liked it. Make sure to follow us on 4th Down Experience on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we'll be um, tweeting out uh, our next lineup of NFL specialists that will be joining us on the podcast. Uh, so just make sure you stay, you stay tuned and uh, be ready for some updates. And also subscribe to us on, um, on the podcast app on your iPhone. Uh, it's free and you'll get an alert and a notification when a podcast has been published. Uh, so um, Chris, you got anything else you want to say? No, oh, this is great. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for the support. And we'll see you next week. See y'all. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.